For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. A new defenseman was drafted, an old defenseman was wrapped up and handed a new sweater to the new defenseman, and the old coach talked about maybe needing to do some new things. Quite a night here in Montreal. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way. Bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. The Penguins drafted Owen Pickering, a defenseman from the Swift Current Broncos, originally from Winnipeg. Got some size, got some potential, really shot up the charts over the past year, which tends to happen a lot in hockey. It's nowhere near as predictable and set as the NFL draft, which way more people follow and has players who are older in addition to competing at a higher and more consistent level within the American college system. Hockey, the players are literally all over the world. You have no idea. Everyone thought they had a firm grip on who the top three selections in this draft were going to be. And 100%, 100% of the predictions were wrong. Everything got blown up at the top of the draft. So I don't want to hear anything about a reach in an NHL draft. A reach doesn't exist because the prospect rankings are so, so challenging to put together in advance. I did have a little bit of fun in asking Pickering if he was paying attention to the rankings. Loved his answer. Yes yes, and no. I would say my teammates are more uh, invested. They, uh, there were screenshots sent to group chats for sure. Uh, either supportive or uh, asking me if it was a typo. Uh, so they were tasked with keeping my head small, but uh, I, I, I say you kind of look at look at the ones that, that maybe are a little more credible. I, I'd be lying to you if I told you I never looked at them. Um, but you do, especially during the year, you try to not focus on that. I don't know what kind of defenseman he'll be, okay? But I know that he's got a terrific personality, really well-spoken for a young hockey player. And I mean, like, abnormally so. Oh, and I brought that up with him as well. Uh, first of all, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I would. I probably have to credit my parents, um, my grand, my grandpa for sure, my grandparents. Um, but I don't know. I think. I think that's kind of a byproduct of of how you're raised. So I, I probably wouldn't be able to take any credit for that. Neat, huh? It'll be fun. It'll be fun watching the kid develop from afar, and then ultimately as he works his way toward Wilkes-Barre Scranton. He's not around the corner, but then that's also the nature of this event. 
This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. Not going to lie, the draft, in a way, felt secondary to me uh, all day. Earlier in the afternoon, the Penguins confirmed Latang's contract as being complete. He got six years and $36.1 million. The reason for that is obvious. They needed to work the average annual value down so that they could afford other players, including Evgeny Malkin. Latang spoke a little bit about that process. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I was worried. Um, obviously, at, at some point, sometimes you, you look at there's a lot of work to do, but um, never um, there was like a, a stoppage or uh, the, the two parties kept talking and it was constant um, dialogue between each other. It was cordial. It was, uh, so uh, it was long, but at the end of the day, uh, it's sometimes the process is just a little longer. I also asked Latang if he felt this team could still compete with all these core players, himself included, getting older. Uh, there's there's two big names, you know. Uh, one, hopefully, uh, soon that will be extended. Um, but when you have those two guys, um, a leader like Sid, you know, everything is possible. Um, and, uh, you know, the team that we had last year and the bad luck that we faced uh, during the playoff or just right before the playoff, sometimes it, it kind of crushes your, your hopes. But... Uh, at the end of the day, um, the season we had with all the injuries, that proves that we have something solid um, from the coaching staff to the players. Um, I think we, we have what it takes. The one other thing I'll share from the zillions of questions and everything else that I was able to ask, and this is the reason you come to cover these things, was this little bit from Mike Sullivan whenever he started discussing pretty much on his own how he and the coaching staff communicate with Ron Hextall and upper management about things they need. I jumped in and I said, what exactly do you mean? What are you looking for? This was his answer. No, I mean, I, I, you know, there, there's lots of things. You know, I, I think when, and, and I, I don't think we're any different than any other organization out there in that regard. You know, we, we could... Um, you know, we, we can get we can get a little bit stronger down low in the defensive zone. Right? We, um, I think we can improve on our wall play. We we can become a team that um, is is a little bit more difficult to play against physically. You know, there's there's so many ways that that I think we can we can look at and say how how can we improve and get better. You know, some of it's going to be tactically. We're going to go through a due diligence process as a coaching staff, and we do this after every season. We look at how we play, you know, and, and we ask ourselves the hard questions on, okay, are, are we playing to our strengths? Uh, you know, and, and uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's an evolving process. You know, there are tweaks that we make every single year to how we play and, and so that we continue to evolve as a hockey team and we're not stagnant. I, you know, I think... So, so we look at, at tactical things, but we also look at personnel from within. We look at 
personnel from outside of our organization and how we're going to try to improve and get better. And that's just all part of the process. Well, that was pretty specific, huh? Can't say I was expecting that, but good for him. You know, this is a head coach taking responsibility. This is a head coach saying, listen, I know that what I'm looking for out there, what I'm pushing for, isn't always perfect. Sometimes it's the player. Sometimes it's the coach. He feels more than anyone the frustration of four consecutive first-round exits. Lots and lots and lots of good stuff here. And this after like weeks of almost nothing new related to the team, certainly in terms of access. So this, there's a lot of material here, obviously. And, you know, that's what next week is for. In the meantime, right after this, we'll be back with J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Rob Marsico, who asks, Isn't it curious that the Penguins took a player who many have described as a project just hours after management effectively declared that they've got a three- to four-year window of opportunity by signing 58 the way they did? Rob, there's all kinds of irony and contrasts and oxymorons in place at the moment. Sullivan was asked about the mix of young and old that he'll have and he came back with a you know a, basically a standard but a fair answer that every team's got a mix of young and old if you look at the teams that advance every year uh, to the conference finals and to the Stanley Cup final you're always going to find your Corey Perrys and your Jason Spezzas and guys like that um, they're just out there they're part of what's needed to instill the whole championship thing. Now, the discussion turns very different when those guys are your key players, your most vital players, as opposed to the role that Perry, to use him again as an example, plays wherever he goes. But for the most part, yeah, it's 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 a fair thing to ask. I, I will say, and I... I kind of touched on this in the opening segment here that where Pickering is concerned, the fact that he's a project or described as a project, sometimes that can just be code for we didn't see this player as belonging on a certain list in a certain month, but then he just kept getting better and better and better. That's most of what I heard here last night was that this player, plain and simple, got better. He shot up in size. He became more complete. And yeah, like most of these guys who aren't taken in the top handful of picks, he's not a finished product. And you can, generally speaking here, multiply that when it comes to a defenseman. There are very, very, very few defensemen who, even once they establish themselves in juniors or in college, make a jump right into the NHL. John Marino was a very rare exception. General managers, evaluators, directors of player development always prefer to have their defensemen spend at least one season, one full season in the AHL. So no, Pickering's not close. 
no, Pickering's not going to have an impact in all likelihood on the Crosby slash Latang slash Malkin question mark era. Although everything I heard here last night strongly suggests that Gino's going to be kept. And I don't begrudge the Penguins at all for just taking the player they'd feel is the best one. I'll say this once more. This is not the NFL draft. You do not draft for need in a hockey draft. That is a great way to assure you will have a crappy draft class. When it's your turn on that board, and especially in the first round, and especially if you're a team that doesn't have picks in the second and third rounds, which the Penguins won't today, all you should be doing as a GM is looking around your table and asking scouts, who do you guys like the best? Don't worry about what I want. Don't worry about what he wants, motioning to Sullivan. Tell me who you want. If the Penguins went about it that way, and Hextall won't be made available to reporters until after the draft is completed today, if they went about it that way, that's the right way to do it. Remember, the Penguins are going to exist after Sid, after Tang. After Gino, there's still going to be a franchise. Got to keep building. Appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll be back with another one on Monday.